Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Let's welcome uh, Wendy Timbedze, who is a senior associate at Weber Wenzel, and we're going to be talking about the Protection of Personal Information Act. Wendy, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Patricia. The 1st of July marks a new era for businesses and consumers in South Africa, especially as the Protection of Personal Information Act kicks in. Talk to us about um, what this act um, governs. Sure. So the context of the act is that um, in our constitution, we have a right to privacy. And so the act is intentionally um, there to give effect to that right. And so um, it regulates how uh, individuals and businesses in particular um, deal with your personal information. And the term personal information is defined very broadly to uh, refer to any information essentially that can be used um, to identify you. So you'll have your typical, you know, your name, your email address and the like, um, but also additional um, information uh, around your health as well um, and, and uh, your race, for ex- example, as well is also included in that. So it's defined very broadly to give individuals um, as wide a scope in relation to how they protect their personal information as possible. Well, uh, so far, this doesn't seem to have been the case because we have seen a lot of um, uh, companies and call centers calling us up uh, to um, offer us all sorts of things from um, credit cards to protection from debt and to, you know, insurance policies. It's, It's quite a mess right now when it comes to our personal information. And I always ask, where do you get our information from? Yes, so the, the current dispensation as it relates to um, using data for direct marketing purposes is unfortunately not as um, well observed as it should be. Um, and this is governed at the moment uh, entirely under the Consumer Protection Act. And under that act, it allows marketers to access that information and contact you um, in order to market these materials to you. Uh, but what then Poppy will do is that it's going to cre- uh, introduce additional controls around how that can be done. So in relation to any marketing that is by way of electronic communication, so the emails that you get, the SMSs that you get, um, there's very limited circumstances in which that communication can be sent to you. And that is if you are already an existing customer of the um, responsible party, which is the individual that is um uh, contacting you or has requested an agent on, on their behalf to contact you, um, or if they have received your prior consent to that marketing. So you going forward, you shouldn't be receiving any um, direct marketing communications where that individual or that entity hasn't at first approached you without any marketing materials um, to first ask you for your consent because that is now the requirement going forward, that they need to actually ask you for your information before they can, um, or they need to offer your consent rather, before they can uh, send marketing materials to you. So hopefully, um, what we hope to see going forward is that there will be considerably less of these um, unsolicited direct marketing because legally that is now um, prohibited unless you uh, are compliant with the provisions of Poppy. Now, for the, for those who might not uh, be aware of the act, and uh, the first of July kicks in, and we still get those messages from them and the calls and the emails, mm. what mm. is our right as consumers? Sure. So you have a right to ask them, look, where did you get this information? 
Um, and uh, to the, you know, sometimes these entities might still be a bit difficult about um, disclosing where they got your information. I mean, certainly it happens to me now where I ask, where did you get my contact number? Um, and it's a bit difficult to actually um, figure out. But uh, what, a, what an individual has the right to do is to actually go to the information regulator. And the information regulator uh, has been set up to uh, regulate how uh, compliance is um, being adhered to in relation to the Act. So you'll be able to go and lodge a complaint and say, look, um, I got a call from X business. Um, I did not authorize them to, to send me these marketing communications. Um, and, you know, to the extent that they are still contacting you, you say, well, look, I have not consented, and I've told them I do not want to receive this information, um, and they continue to um, approach me. And then the information regulator um, is then empowered to conduct investigations around that, um, uh, you know, marketing activity, and then take any measures um, appropriate as it may uh, see fit. So, for example, um, it might um, request the judge to issue a warrant to allow them to uh, investigate further and get certain documents from the responsible party. Um, uh, or, and they can also issue fines um, as a result of, you know, if you're found to have been breaching the uh, provisions of the act. A-teamers, perhaps you've got a question around the Protection of a Personal Information Act for your business and how your business is conducted. Or as a consumer, you've got some concerns that you'd like to raise um, around the current dispensation between now and the 1st of July. Call in on 011-714-2006 or WhatsApp 614 SMSs go to 41391. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. We are still with Wendy Tembeza, who is a Senior Associate at Weber Wenzel, and we are talking about uh, the Protection of Personal Information Act. Wendy, you know, with uh, this... um, COVID-19, everywhere you enter now, uh, whether it's a restaurant or it's an office building, you are required to give um, your personal details, your telephone number, your address, your ID number, your temperature. Uh, it's, it's a funny thing that they have not started asking for height and and um, and weight, you know, but they literally ask for all your personal information. How safe are we? I mean, with the current dispensation of the Protection of Personal Information Act. Sure. So, what the Act requires is that when um, a responsible party, so like you mentioned, the business is asking you to provide this information when you enter their building, they are actually required to give you certain information um, about what processing activities they are going to be um, undertaking with your information. So they need to tell you who's going to have access to it, the type of information they're collecting, um, you know, if they're going to share it with third parties, um, and whether or not provision of that information is voluntary um, or otherwise. Um, and so from that perspective, they are, give, they are required to give you that information, and that should then equip individuals to exercise their rights in relation to personal information um, going forward in the event that, you know, something goes wrong, there's a data breach, they may have um, a better idea of who, where that breach occurred um, and what information of this uh, was um, exposed in that regard. But from the position of the, um, the responsible party that is collecting that information, uh, Poppy also uh, mandates uh, very strict um, conditions under which information can be collected. So you're not allowed to collect um, more information that is necessary for the purpose for which um, you're collecting it. So like you mentioned, um, at the moment, they might be able to justify collecting your temperature 
um, as a result of the pandemic and managing, um, you know, spread within their um, uh, buildings and the like. But um, if they are now collecting information in excess of that, you know, if they say, I don't know, what's your eye color as well? Um, if they cannot justify that additional processing, then that is a problem because um, um, minimal processing is what is required in the poppy. You must only process what you need for the purpose that you collected for. So um, those are the sort of the two interplayers on the side of the individual. They are equipped with more information around what um, responsible parties are doing with their information. And then on the side of the responsible party, they are required to think quite closely about the information that they collect um, to figure out, you know, do we actually need this piece of information? Um, and that kind of helps to control the amount of data and potentially the exposure um, of that data to any security test. But are we safe currently? I mean, you know, being an honest person, I always put all the details they require when I enter into um, any uh, public place that requires my personal details. But are we safe? Because it's in the hands of security personnel, usually, who uh, change shifts. And it's it's papers that just fly around. Are we safe? I mean, the same happens when I walk into the building here at the SABC. I fill out my details at the gate. I fill out my details at the reception. But I still have access uh, cards that need to give me access into the building. So are we safe? Yeah, so it's it's difficult because the extent to which you are safe and your information is safe is dependent on the controls that the responsible party has put in place when they collect your information. So, you know, in your example, you have these security guards and you fill in this form, but once you've left that um, entry point, what controls has the organization put in place to ensure that those security guards observe the utmost um, security measures when dealing with that information, you know, are they able to just leave it at their post, you know, and go for a coffee without, you know, uh, securing it in any way? Um, it's those types of risks that a business needs to actually assess as an entire project, really, for pu- for puppy compliance, um, to, and and identify all the gaps um, within the business that might potentially pose um, a risk. So. You know, it's one of these things that uh, will come out in the wash in terms of when businesses are actually taking steps to comply, um, that's when we will actually determine the extent to which sharing with um, information with certain businesses um, is in fact safe or exposed. And one would hope that businesses um, understand the uh, gravity of the legislation and certainly the importance of protecting personal information such that they take compliance with the Act um, seriously enough to ensure um, safety, right? Because it's, it's not just about liability on their side, but there's also that trust component, you know. You ask around safety because it's about, well, can I trust that my information is being held um, in a way that ensures its security? And so um, it's also incumbent on businesses to appreciate that it's about that relationship that they have, you know, with customers, with employees, um, to ensure that those individuals are comfortable um, around how the business is managing their uh, personal information. Let's go to one of the A-teamers' of voice notes. Hey, Patricia. Um, I want to ask, uh, what what should a company do to make sure that they comply with the Act? Um, or what kind of checklist or data um, should a company have to show that they are making sure that comply with the act thank you this is Nkamakheleng from Pretoria North 
Thank you, Nkamukheleng. Wendy? Sean, so um, in a nutshell, it is an entirely encompassing process. So typically what we um, advise our clients is that we need to do a compliance um, exercise, essentially a compliance project, um, in terms of which you assess your processing activities within the business in the context of the provisions of the Act. So Poppy has eight conditions for lawful processing, and these are basically the minimum standards standards that you need to comply with um, when you are dealing with personal information. And so what a business then needs to do is um, assess all of its data processing uh, against these requirements and see whether or not um, they are comfortable that they would meet this compliance requirement. And this really requires um, a consideration of absolutely every aspect of your processing. So sometimes you find that you know HR will obviously have a lot of records, but you might then have um, a similar record in finance. And one of the requirements in Poppy is that records need to be kept up to date and accurate. And so it might be that in the HR department, you know, individuals go there to say, look, I've changed my bank account details to X. Whereas maybe for whatever reason, finance has not um, necessarily gotten um, the exact same details. And so these are sort of the, the gaps and um, the disconnects that businesses need to assess. Um, to, to understand, you know, where are our potential um, uh, areas of exposure and what do we need to do um, to actually fix those. So in this example, for example, is it a matter of now having one system where all the data is kept, so as opposed to finance having its own files and HR having its own files, um, is there maybe some sort of an online platform that we can use that then um, creates one record information that allows us to manage um, how the data is being used across the board, um, and, and also that would also add to um, features such as the security around that information, which is one of the other big um, uh, conditions in the Act. There are certain minimum security measures that you need to put in place. Uh, but, but I think what's always quite important about that, that is that in addition to what the business does, it's really important um, as a starting step to get the senior management of an organization involved because... Uh, you know, unfortunately, it's one of those exercises that is going to attract some upfront costs and just require certain resources um, to be dedicated to this project if you intend to do it properly. Um, and so what you need is to ensure that uh, senior management understands the level of risk, the level of exposure if you don't comply because ultimately, you know, it needs to be like a top-down approach where the guys at the top are telling everybody else, look, we need to do A, B, and C to be compliant, otherwise um, we are all at risk. Um, and so that, I think, for, for me, would be the starting point, is to make sure senior management understands the risk um, and then puts processes in place to ensure that everybody uh, takes steps to comply and understands their uh, compliance obligations. Um, I've got another voice note here from an A-teamer. Uh, this is Tabo from uh, Kahiso. I have a problem with uh, this company is called the credit regulators. One time I got a message sent to me that uh, uh, we can help you with this, this and that and that. I phoned the lady there. She told me that, uh, yeah, they can do all that things and uh, pay my payments and all that things. And then she said she's going to send me a, a, a form to fill with my details. And then I told her that I'm not interested anymore in that. Uh, but all of a sudden, when I go to the shops, I can't open account. 
I can't make a loan. I can't do for the past three years. I've been battling to get my name out of that. They registered me as a person who applied for uh, credit regulations, something like that. Credit review, maybe. Sorry. Sure. You see now, these call centers sometimes, huh? um, yeah. th- this is a classic example of what happens with them. So what, what yeah. can this particular ATMA do? Yeah, so if I'm not, I think um, the context of this particular uh, matter, and I'm not entirely sure um, what the, you know, what the discussions be behind that are. But if if it is the credit regulators themselves um, that have, um, you know, were issued giving them sending these communications, then certainly I'd imagine that that is something they can actually take up with the regulator themselves. Um, unfortunately, it still happens where um, you know these sort of call center types. Uh, will contact you on numerous occasions, even though you've said no. Um, and so what is also available is um, uh, uh, signing up for a preemptive block to certain numbers. Um, but unfortunately, at this stage, the management of those um, sort of um, uh, remedies available to individuals uh, is not necessarily where it needs to be. And so hopefully this is where the uh, role of the information regulator will become quite important because you know, then you'll have the ability to go and say, look, I've been contacted numerous times um, by this individual, by this business. Um, can you can you assist me in this regard? So um, I, I think that, unfortunately, it is a bit of a difficult one, but um, I, I suspect that the information regulator will be quite aggressive in dealing with these sort of things, particularly because direct marketing is something that is uh, regulated um, quite specifically in uh, Poppy. Now, uh, Wendy, as we close off, uh, perhaps give us contact details where we can be able to reach you at uh, Weber Wenzel so that uh, we can, you know, get the assistance that we need uh, once this Poppy Act gets into place. Sure. So um, you can reach me. My details are on our website, um, Weber Wenzel, Wendy Tembeza, W-E-N-D-Y, Tembeza, T-E-M-B-E-D-Z-A. Um, my contact details, like I said, are on there, and I'm certainly happy to help anybody who uh, would like um, to chat more about this. Excellent. Thank you very much, Wendy. Thank you for having me, Patricia.